Whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships, I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Raleigh, and my daughter, Kit Keenan. Today, we have Emma and Julie from Comments by Celebs. Woo! Woo! And we have a lot to talk about. We're so excited. We love everything you guys do. And I think we should just, like, take it from the top, really. Like, let's just start with, I mean, you guys have only... You've done so much <laughs> in such a short amount of time. It's so amazing. Thank so you. Thank maybe you. just tell us a little bit about how you started, when you started. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take all the advice possible because I'm in my junior year at NYU right now. Oh, amazing. So, okay. she, so she was wondering, you know, we were talking about like, you know, we always like to ask like, was your college, is, was it, rele- is it relevant at all yeah. in what you're doing? And I know you guys have some interesting college degrees, so it would be <laughs> fun to talk about that a little bit, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course. Well, first, I mean, thank you guys so much for having us. Thank we're so you. happy yeah. to be here. I, you know you thank guys you. can't thank see them, you. but they're like, we walked in and they were just oozing excitement and like the kindest. You made us feel so welcome. So thank you. That's so, yeah, so we're nice. so excited. Okay, so I'll tell you the story. Is that so... Yeah. Basically, in April of 2017, Instagram changed their algorithm to kind of highlight verified comments. So I know it's hard to go back, but if you go back to the original of Instagram, when someone, you know, Instagram, let's say a celebrity, and there were 10,000 comments, there was no way of of seeing who was saying what. They all just kind of meshed together. And when they made that first algorithm change, that was the first time that we got to see what celebrities were saying. And, you know, Julie and I have always been very into pop culture. So for us— We felt like detectives almost. We were like, oh my God, like we're seeing all these interactions that were hidden before. And we would screenshot them and send them to each other constantly. And one day I was like, this has to be an account. Like if we're this interested, there's has to be other people that are this interested. So smart. So I just made the account and I I texted Julie. I was like, I'm doing this. Do you want to do it with me? I very casually, not thinking one thing of it, said yes. Yeah, she was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, no, I'm dead serious. Like, I can get someone else. I'm I'm telling you this is going to be big. And she was like, no, 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 let's do it. And she was abroad in Tel Aviv at the time. I had a year off in between Syracuse and Columbia. And I, I just, we started it and it kind of, you know, it was slow at first. And then it started to really blow up around February of 2018. And that's when I think from then on, it kind of just exploded. Well, I think it's like you're, it's like we get to eavesdrop on these private conversations, but in public, you know, like Sean White commenting (laughs) on Stormy, you know, snowboarding and, you know, like that whole combo was all public. Exactly. And then you guys talk about it. Right. And it's really like, you know, getting in on this private conversation. It's so much interpretation too, because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, like maybe that was kind of like an inside thing that, 
you know, Sean was saying and then Kylie was responding to, or maybe there she was just like, actually, can I hire you? Yeah. You know? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Probably actually, can I hire you? Yeah. Wait, so you said that you were in between Columbia and Syracuse. So did you do master's? Yeah. So I graduated Syracuse undergrad in 2016, and I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I kind of took a year off, and that's, you know, when this started. And then I did my master's of social work at Columbia. It was supposed to be a two-year program. I did the first year, and then at the end of the first year was when this all started to kind of blow up. So I deferred my second year, and I still haven't gone back yet. So we'll see if I end up finishing my master's in the allotted time. But uh, (laughs) that was the plan. I was supposed to be a therapist, executive coach. That was kind of what I was going for. That's what I think is so interesting. Like, if there's any part of that that you bring to what you do now? Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, undergrad, I was communication and rhetorical studies. And I think that definitely was like human interaction and the art of persuasion. So there's a lot that goes into it. Because I know people think Syracuse, they think Newhouse. And I wasn't in Newhouse. I, it was too kind of specific for me. I wanted something a little more general, which is why I did the the more general communications. And I think every day in my life, I take things, you know, from that experience. But at Columbia, something Julie and I talk about a lot, and I'm sure you'll talk about this with mm-hmm. psychology, is like walking into Columbia, I learned things that I never – I didn't recognize how little I knew. Like I always knew that I came from a place of privilege, obviously, and, and a lot of things, but I didn't even fully understand the scope of it until I was really thrown into an environment where you're forced to learn and you're just forced to really see things at face value. And it changed It changed everything. I think that – it specifically with our podcast, it's allowed me to have this sense of like my place in the world, like on a cultural level kind of, and has made us so much more like sensitive to things, right? Don't you find yeah, that? Yeah, totally. I was I was a psych major at Syracuse. Like I was going to go for forensic psychology and I was going to apply to grad school, which I never ended up applying to because of everything happening, you know, similar to what Emma was saying. But I feel like, especially on the podcast, yeah, we come from like a place of such like analysis and cultural relevance and understanding. And one of the biggest reviews that we get on our podcast is like, I love that you guys break down the stories and also give like the psychology and a full background behind it. So I feel like I definitely, I use it way more than I expected to. When I graduated and I knew I was doing this, I was like, well, there goes a a degree that I'm never going to use. And I feel like I really, I really have found a way to incorporate it into what we do. Yeah. I I mean, it is like, it's a, it's a, the, People are revealing their sense of humanity, you know, like especially when humor is involved. I think that that always reveals that sort of humanity. Right. And I'm sure that's relevant to what you were studying. Totally. And I think the way like people used to report on celebrity is no one ever took the backstory into consideration or why they were doing something. Like I always think about like Britney's 2007 meltdown. And how, you know, people at, at magazines were popping champagne every time she would do something because they knew they would sell so many articles and so many things and they were just celebrating this breakdown. And I feel like now we've kind of, as a culture, moved more towards like, okay, but what's causing that? Why is she doing that? How can we yeah. help her get better? And I feel like we come at it from such an angle of sensitivity sometimes that, that we're is, able to really like feed into what we as a culture want because we don't want to see people fail anymore. Right. People want to see people fail because it makes them feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like you guys have the sensitive, always sort of like the positive take on things. Thank you. Because I do think now there's more sort of Mm -hmm. self-deprecating humor and and 
you know, posting where it used to be everyone like trying to build themselves up, which uh, obviously still happens. But a lot of it now is like, you know, Courtney Cox saying, yeah, I do look like Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, right. Like thinking it's funny and like to be more self-deprecating and more sort of like generous in spirit about things. I feel like that comes from the authenticity movement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like just wanting to be, yeah, just wanting to be more like down to earth and, and transparent on social media. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what is cool now. Like something we talk about a lot is this idea of like perfection and unattainability used to be what celebrity was. Like Mm -hmm. that was what it was. And now it's like, it's so much cooler when Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox are showing them, you know, with no makeup at like some dinner party that they're having at one of their houses, like, and showing that they burnt the cookies in the oven or whatever the thing is. Like, it's not this perfection. There's not this sense of perfectly curated lives. And I feel like that's now what's attractive, whereas it used to be the star power of like, they existed in this other world kind of, you know? Right, 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 right. Like a very protected persona. Yeah. And now it's like, I mean, Chrissy Teigen maybe led the way in that regard, right? Definitely. For sure. I think so. P.S. the funniest person. Ever, yeah. Ever. Yeah, like literally ever. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Literal God. (laughs) I also think it's interesting to be where you guys are, like, reporting on celebrity now that celebrity has become such, like, a contested word. Like, just because there's so many, there's so much saturation. There's so many social media celebrities now and just different, like, there's so many streaming platforms, so there's more TV stars and there's more movie stars. And I guess it's, like, created a larger range of what celebrity is. Totally. Oh, my God. We talk about this all the time because, you know, that was one of the reasons that when we started, we had the main account. And early on, we would put in people that weren't necessarily your traditional celebrity just to see how the audience interpreted them. And one of the reasons that we ended up making the niche accounts like Comments by Bravo and Comments by Bachelor and Comments by Influencers was because we found that people still have this almost like traditional definition of a celebrity, like a movie star kind of vibe. And if you come at it from like a reality television world, you know, with the exception of the Kardashians, et cetera, it's, I don't know, in their eyes, they like a separation. So we were posting Bravo people and they're like, these aren't celebrities. So we had to make these like offshoot Uh. accounts to kind of, because in that world, they are celebrities, but compared to a Gwyneth Paltrow, for example, you yeah, know, they're yeah, not. Yeah, so yeah. it's so interesting. It's no, like but this- they are. <laughs> well, Andy always has a party. Someone gave me a pot brownie. Oh, yeah. And, you know, maybe I had a little nibble, but I wrapped it in a napkin and put it in my pocket. There's actually a couple, but I'll tell you, the funny, the funniest one to me was I was like, oh, I'll give this to Kit. She was about 18 then. And I put it in a Ziploc and put it in her room, and then somehow it got— Onto the floor. We were out to dinner. We came, we all came home, and there's like plastic and chocolate and crumbs all over her bed. Her little pink carpet in her room, and we're like, "Oh no, Ziggy! Oh my! The oh my dog God. ate the brownie. We're looking all over for him. Her little sister is freaking out. We find him. He's laying on the rug, like totally half-eyed, oh. bright red eyes." We were like, should we take him to the hospital? He looked like a cartoon character. He was like, I'm like, no, just get him a bag of Doritos and turn on Family Guy, (laughs) and he's going to be good. (laughs) 
And that was it. And then I was freaking out. <laughs> oh, anyway, oh my it was God. a funny. That's that was a so funny story. Funny. There's a couple others too. That oh are no, I mean, as. Andy's been like so vocal about his edible. His edible. Yeah, yeah, music. yeah. That is so funny. Oh it was. It was bad. I was like, <laughs> because he's like this toy, like really small French bulldog. And I was oh like, my oh God. my God, his system can't take it. <laughs> like he was. He looked like a, his eyes were. Apple red, like so red. So we've all been there. <laughs> I was like, this looks like there. me coming home in like freshman year of high school, so scared, like spraying myself with so much perfume and like locking myself in my room, yeah. and, like freaking out. Oh my God, that is that so, is funny. so funny. That is so funny. I mean, the so other funny. one was I put, I put it in my pocket another time and was then flying home to Illinois to visit my parents and was in the TSA line almost to the front and they're like, you know, re- do you have any change or keys in your pocket? I reach in. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. So what would you do? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I was high at my parents' house I was house about for to say, you, know, you got to eat it right two away. Yeah. <laughs> for two days. Yeah. Thing. I mean, I, I uh, just is a very like <laughs> random side note that just happened. I don't know if I told the story in our podcast. I was in Iceland like out of three weeks oh, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite trips yeah. we've ever it was been on. So, it was so great. It was like really majestic, very beautiful. Anyway, the suitcase that I took there was the same suitcase that I had taken home from LAX. And I had an entire box of joints that I had no idea was in my bag. I So I, like the one thing, my, my parents have always been super chill, but the one thing my dad always said to me was like, don't do anything illegal in another country because I can't help you. So I've always stuck to that, always. I've never done drugs in another country. I've never even smoked weed with the exception of like Amsterdam. So I get there and I'm, we're at the hotel and I go into my bag to get my earmuffs and I feel this box. I'm like, what is it? And I take it out and I'm like, oh my God, I just brought like 20 just joints. Flew here. I just flew here. Like I just smuggled. I just, I'm like, what is, <laughs> oh so like, so of course I, I FaceTime my dad. I'm like, this is crazy. He's like, well, obviously you have to smoke them. So over the course of the trip, I just was, you know, we would go. <laughs> obviously you I, have to smoke. <laughs> of course. So over the course of the trip, we would just go to these like very kind of remote caves or, so I literally got high in every beautiful place in Iceland. I was like, this is the best thing ever. It, I could honestly see it. Hotels and restaurants. Here you go. It, it was, was like kind of the best place too because it's just like pure, like just earth in like the most beautiful, Mother pure. Nature. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was like one with so the glacier. Funny. It was very funny. <laughs> so yeah. Wait, so back to, is there ever going to be comments by fashion designers? Just kidding. Nobody in fashion is funny. <laughs> no, don't say just kidding. We actually have one account, an account reserved. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. But it's seriously, a- there's nobody funny in fashion. Well, People don't have a sense of humor. But. Mark Jacobs is a very active Oh, yeah. Commenter. Okay, I'll He's tell you. Mark Jacobs, commenter. Derek Glassberg, yeah, the, Derek, the most genius. The most genius. Laura Brown. Amazing. Alexa Chung. Uh-huh. All these people. Eva yeah. Chen. Eva Chen. Well, she was the one who said to me, I think that you guys should do this. And I... She's... Yeah, yeah. she's good. There's n- there's not that many, though. And maybe it will increase the humor and fashion. Yeah, I think, yeah. Like we, get, I think we get Donatella commenting a little. We can, who knows? You never know. She seems like a commenter to me. You, we Wait, get Donatella? I feel like we could get her commenting, don't you? you, you yeah. <laughs> I do. I think I could see it. For real? Oh, my God, yeah. I could see her commenting on J-Lo's post. No question. One oh, time I told... I, uh, I think it was Seth Rogen that my name... He was like... Somebody introduced us, and he was like, oh, you're in fashion. What's your name again? And I was like, Donatella. And then he went around telling everyone that I was Donatella. <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't know, you know? That is like, so oh, this is Donatella. She's a fashion funny. designer. And I was like, hi, nice to meet you. That's hilarious. And he'd be like, what? 
Oh, oh my god, that's that is, really funny. That's, that's a good so one. Seth Rogen. <laughs> I think it was Seth Rogen. Wait, I want to hear about your guys's like. What's a work day like for you guys? What, <laughs> oh, yeah. what? Yeah. How do, How does that work? It's so funny when people ask us that. Well, I mean, every day is a little bit different because we really are at the mercy of the celebrities. You know, like we have no content if they're not commenting. So there are definitely days that are quieter than others just because there's less going on in the world of social media. You know, Julie and I aren't physically together any more than three days a week. So we're only really with each other two to three days a week and the rest is all remote. So we are constantly talking from the second we wake up till when we go to bed, like texting. You know, on, on Mondays and Tuesdays is when we do the podcast or meetings or things like that. And the rest of the days, you know, of course there's the content side, like we're constantly checking the DMs and we're constantly checking because we have to keep up with that. But we're really trying to build this into like a full-blown media company. So there's just a lot of meetings, a lot of phone calls, a lot of like outreach to brands and and just figuring out how to make this kind of as as like well-rounded as, as possible. So especially this year, because like we want to go into 2020 strong with the plan. And so I don't know, it's a lot of like just creative conversations happening all day. Like even when we decided to launch Comments by Bachelor, I was watching I mean, Bachelor in Paradise like one night and I was like, Julie, yeah. we got to do this right Genius. now. You know, like we, things just come to us and then we yeah. just do them. Um, so every workday is different, truly. It's like there's no two are the same, but we don't have an office yet. It's very, it's all remote. Yeah. We just need our phones. Yeah, maybe you don't need it. So I am at NYU now, but I'm in Gallatin. So I can basically take classes at any school at NYU. And I was taking this Stern class at the business school. And one of the presentations, like it was the end of the semester. Everyone was giving a presentation with their business plan and everything. And there's this one kid like giving a presentation with his business plan. And I was like looking at the financials that he had on the screen. And I asked him like, how could you possibly get a $10,000? Like he had office space, $10,000 a year. And I was like, there's no way you're getting, yeah, there's no way you're getting an office space for 10 grand a year in New York. Like that's just not going to happen. And he was like, oh, it's actually not a traditional office space. I'm just going to get a Soho House membership. Yeah. And yeah. Like, work like that. I was and I was like, we that was. is genius. Yeah. Yes, yeah, smart. I'm telling you, like for us at least, that's it's the move. And, and the more and more people that we meet in this world, they're doing the same thing. It's like, I feel like what was needed or what was thought to be essentials in traditional the traditional business world just isn't the case for this evolving world. You know, it's like I'd rather spend my money on like a thousand dollars worth of external chargers, seriously, to make sure that our phones are always. You know what I mean? Like, what do I need an office for? It's the three of us, one computer, and three phones. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of agree. I feel like, in a way, an office sort of tethers you to something that maybe is not is me. Or could hold you back a little bit. Yeah, totally. I mean, ours is different because we have to have a, like a studio to make of course. stuff. You right, know? of course. But generally, I think it's good to you know encourage out people out work of from home yeah, all the I time so. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely for this changing world completely. <laughs> my my husband has a gallery, but uh, the Wall Street Journal does that thing about photographing people at their death or in their office or yeah, at their desk right. or something. And they they asked him, and he was like, um, you're going to photograph my hand holding my phone? Because that's <laughs> pretty much like how I work every that's day. That's what we'd have to do. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're, it's so, it's crazy. I mean, I, I think you've picked up a computer like twice. 
Yeah, I truly. It's unbelievable. You do it all on your phone. Everything. And do you guys have any staff or interns or assistants? So it's just us and then Isabel, who you guys can't hear, but she's sitting to the side, who her effective title is like director of communications, but she kind of does everything. We kind of all just all do everything. And, you know, we, Julie and I were, of course, really good friends from school and Julie and Isabel were too, because they're in the same grade. And this year, January, 2019, she was working, you know, in, in digital media. And we were like, we got to hire her. Like, I, we need someone else and she's the only person. So we just like made her an offer. We're like, you, you got to come. So now it's like three best friends. I Every day I'm like, oh. how is this, how is this happening? Like, how are we so fortunate that we get to work together every day? Like, so it's us three. And then we have, I hired someone to run the athlete's account just because quite frankly, oh, I have yeah. no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, I would <laughs> yeah. <have> like zero. <laughs> and then we had our summer intern last year was actually Lola Consuelos, Kelly's daughter. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. She made us realize like we kind of need an intern for the summer. So that's something that we're thinking of. I mean, Kid had yeah. great internships and. Hire me. Yeah. Hey, seriously, we're, yeah. we're seriously hiring. No, but I think internships are like so important just to like gauge what, you know, what your vibe is and like what you like to do. And especially like with a job like your guys's, it's like you really, there's nowhere else you can get that information, you know, right. because there's no, it's not like getting an internship at maybe this financial firm is probably kind of similar to this other one, you know, mm-hmm. but like for you guys, it's, there's nothing, no one else, like <laughs> no other workplace like that. Yeah. So it's really, if you're interested in working like in social media and in media in general, it's like a once, like once in a lifetime opportunity. So Thank you. Wait, cool. this just made me think, is there anything, there isn't anything like what you guys do. The only thing I was thinking is like, do you aggregate culture the way like the Huff Post when they first started aggregated yeah. News, you know, is it right? Is I, that a similar thing, or I don't know. I don't. I just don't think there's anything that is has such a dominant social cultural component. Well, and, how do you guys? How do you guys go from like for the podcast and everything? Where does that information come from? Like, how do you get all of your sources together and stuff? So for on the on the actual account, obviously, you know, it's mostly not mostly. I would say let's say seventy percent followers submitted, you know, uh, comments that we then are tuned into. Julie every week does the podcast outline herself, which I mean, you kind of do a yeah, medley I get of it sources from everywhere. So I the first thing I do when when I'm doing it is like, okay, what are the top news stories of the week? So I'll go through like, you know, the front page of E News, front page of People, all of those things online, and just kind of okay, what happened this week, and then. Each story is like, okay, go to this source, go to this, like Google, I just Google and then I go literally to the news and then as much information as I can get, I'll throw in the outline. And then, you know, there are certain times where it's like, okay, watch this interview, this video, all of this stuff. It's it's not hard to, it's not hard to get the information if you know where to look for it, if you know what you're looking for. But it's, yeah, it's a lot of different articles that, I mean, there's so much information out there. But I think the whole thing is it's your take on all that. Yeah. Well, but the, it's also no one has time. Like there's so, it's so, there's so many stories. No one has the time to do, to aggregate all that information themselves. So like you yeah. guys are offering basically like a sound bite of everything, like well, the gist you. of everything yeah. that's 
from that Along week. with a more in-depth discussion on the most important one, right. say, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, thank you. That's, that's the you, goal. Yeah. It's like we want to basically, okay, you listen to, let's say it's an hour, hour and a half, whatever the episode is, like you you're feel fully informed and also you got some background. So not only can you know what people are talking about, but maybe you can actually give an opinion, whereas previously you had no idea what was going on. Right. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to just tell you what happened. We want to also say like, and by the way, if you want to hear more, you should definitely watch Harry Styles' interview from last right. year. You know, like- in addition to all the stories Julie talked about, let's say throughout the week we see something that we think is worth everybody knowing about, we'll make a point to be like, guys, I'm telling you, watch these three videos. You'll really appreciate it. And like, yeah. it just adds a different element. I don't know, like a humanizing element, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and Thank what do you. you think about, like, how do you evaluate a source? And do you think that even matters? Oh, no, it matters. No, yeah, it definitely matters. Oh, I mean, I'll find where I'm, if I'm reading an article and something seems off, like, I'll check two or three articles to make sure the story is right. Or if there's, you know, a lot of times what articles will do online is they'll take, let's say, a piece of an interview and they'll put in a quote out of context to make their clickbite, you know, more lucrative to the reader or more important or more, you know, scandalous than it actually is. And I think a lot of what we do on the podcast is like, here is just the facts, not the clickbait. So a lot of times if you, if I'm reading yeah. an article and it's like, Harry Styles says this. I'll go to the article and make sure that that's, that quote is actually what he said and not just a piece of what he said. Because I feel like a lot of the time when you're reading something or you see something online, people don't have the attention span anymore to do the research themselves. So you'll see one tweet and then you'll formulate your opinion off a headline. And it, it, it can be dangerous a lot of times because you don't, you don't know what th that's in the context of. And a lot of times people get, will, will get really mad about celebrities or celebrity stories. And it's like, hold on, you, you don't even know what, what that's in reference to or you don't even know where that comes from. So yeah, fact-checking is incredibly important for us because I feel like people are really dependent on us to filter out what's the nonsense and what's the, you know, extra. Yeah. And I think it's even harder, like, with celebrity culture because it's people want to be, have all the drama. People want to get angry about certain things or whatever. So it's like showing people the real, the truth in reality, maybe it's not as dramatic or interesting, exactly. but it it's the truth. It, well, totally. And also, I think that you, the audience that you get, like you, when we started out, right, like the only audience we had was people that found out about us through our page, obviously, but it's not like we had this massive audience. We had to grow it. So you kind of build an audience based on what you're putting out. So I don't think that our audience, for the most part, is like drama-seeking people. I think that they are more rational and want to actually know all the facts. Like, I think that's what our audience comes to us for because there are so many other places you can go if you want half the story and just want to hear people gossip about it. Like, and nothing wrong with right. that. Mm -hmm. But I think the people that we've created that are interested and in, like our Patreon people, they really want the background. And that just seems evident in like the people that we've spoken to, you know? Right. I, I mean, nice. and also like, and you know how this is, like if, if we want to have guests come on, which is infrequent, we do it just when it works. But like, for example, Katie Couric, who to us is like the beacon of like journalistic integrity. She wasn't going to come on our show if she thought that we were full of shit. One thing that we wanted to ask you guys is have you ever been blocked by somebody on Instagram? No. No. We, we Oh, yes. Well, we've been unblocked. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's a funny story. <laughs> so, in the beginning when we first ran, I mean, in the beginning, beginning, first month of having it, 
Like, like truly, like truly when we had 5,000 followers. Okay. It's just to give you. So we, we had it and we, what we would do is if, because we wanted the celebrity who we were posting about to see it, we would tag anybody who was associated with them. So for example, with a Kardashian post, we would tag everybody, all the siblings, all of the friends, everybody was an extension, which we now would never ever do because it's the most annoying thing in the entire world. But we just didn't recognize that at the time. So we had tagged Simon Huck in who's a really good friend of the Kardashians and a bunch of of photos that didn't involve him, whatever. And early on, because we had what a hundred followers, he had blocked us. And you know, fast forward a year and a half, his boyfriend had fo- was following us and and had sent him a picture that we had posted. And he was like, why can't I see this? Like, I know this account. All I hear was hear about this. Everyone's talking about, why don't I see this picture? And he realized that he had blocked us. And we spoke, he came on the podcast and we had spoke to him about it. And we were like, we are so sorry for tagging you. And he's like, I am so sorry for blocking you. And I was like, I don't don't blame you. It was like the, it was the most full circle moment there. He was like sitting at, you know, at our podcast. And I was like, oh God, I was like, I've been dreading this moment. I'm so sorry. It was very funny. But I mean, I think, Hug you know, out. yeah, we hugged oh totally. My God, and now, now we're like so good sweet. friends. Yeah. It was just, you know, I think that something that we do is we really make a conscious effort, like to make sure that we're presenting the celebrity in like a kind way. So we don't, it, there's so much stuff that we pass on every week that it totally would have made headlines. It was very clickbaity, but it was just not right. Like we just didn't feel good posting it and it would have made them look bad and it would have been a bad headline. It's like, we don't want to get involved in that. So I think they recognize that like level of safety or like that level of respect that we have and they appreciate it. And I, so we've never gotten into like a really negative situation. And and if it's something that if, if we have a relationship with a celebrity and it's something a little dicey, we'll just ask them, you know, just say, Hey, saw this totally, let's say like, it's a clapback and it involves a daughter. And I'll say like, listen, this is really good, but I know that it involves your kid and I don't want you to feel like we're exploiting them. Like, is this cool? And they'll either say yes or no, but they're always appreciative for us asking. So, that's yeah, that's that's awesome. I was gonna say, I think uh, Instagram in general is a pretty positive platform. That you know, they're mm, really yeah. I feel like that. Well, I mean, the whole thing. Our podcast I is feel called like it's Ageless. Really- like my whole thing on Instagram is like it's not about how anybody's age. Yeah, it's about like what they have to say or what their, you know, the vision is or what their, you know, it's a more, I to me, more inclusive, more positive platform. And I feel like you guys would never be like Justin Timberlake, 38, you know, like how yeah. the rag mags are always right. like blah, 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 age. And I'm always like, what does that have to do with anything? anything. Totally. I mean, yeah. That- yeah. What I think it is, is I think that what people actually post has become much more inclusive as opposed to, or much more positive as opposed to like a Twitter where you read through the news feed yeah. and you're like, oh my God, we are doomed. There's there's like no yeah. hope in the world's ending tomorrow. What it is about Instagram that becomes negative is the comment section a lot of the time. So what we do is we try to highlight the positives and the funny and the humor of the of the comment section and really bring that to light and show you know, there is a really positive side to it, but there's also, there is a negative side to comment section and people, you know, on celebrities or, you know, I, I probably, I can imagine high schoolers and middle schoolers and in, in their schools with bullies and cyberbullying and that kind of thing. I imagine that there's a lot of issues there too, but 
I think it's I think it's both. I think it can be a really positive place. And I think for some people, it can be, you know, a somewhat damaging place. For sure. I totally agree. And at the end of the day, it's like we want it to be like that because we want it to be however, you know, you actually feel about the photo. Like mm-hmm. we want people to be able to speak their truth. Speak their truth. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can't filter that all out. It exists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think um, what's good about Instagram is that you can kind of pick and choose what you want to see. So it's yeah. like if 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 somebody yeah. keeps showing up on your newsfeed and you're like this just makes me feel bad, then it's done. You unfollow them and they, yeah, they yeah. never pop up again. Yeah, so true. Or mute them. Oh my god, I literally yeah, have mute so many people muted. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to close out with you guys saying who your number one celebrity crush is. Oh my god. <laughs> or could or what about I? I would be interested to hear who you would love to have on the um, show or. Yeah, we can do you know, both. both. Yeah, yeah, we can do both. both. <laughs> well, my childhood self, like my entire life, Ashton Kutcher was my guy. Like I just always, I don't know why he was such a classic, but for some reason I just found him so unbelievably handsome. Recently I have, and I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I have become so into Jason Momoa that, yeah, no, it's like a thing. I don't know what is going on, but I've become <laughs> incredibly attracted to Jason Momoa. So that's for sure my recent crush. Oh, the podcast, there's so many. Um Chelsea Handler, we really want badly. She's like a because she doesn't follow yet, so we wanted her to get on, ah. on board with that. We'd love The Rock, Kevin Hart. Those are some of our tops, Great. right? Yeah. I mean, then there's like the whole like Julia Roberts side that we would right. love, oh, yeah. like the Diane Keatons, the Julia Roberts. Like we would love that too. I don't know. We want we want everyone. We want them all. Yeah. Celebrity, mine has always been John Stamos, like since I was little. No has way. just stood the test of time for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. I just feel like he's such a dad. He That's is, rebellious. yeah. Adult. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then for guests, I don't know, there's so many. I, I Since Jennifer Aniston joined, I feel like we've both been like really like, oh my God, we, we need to have her. Yeah. Um, also, I just feel like she is so like, just like the pinnacle of celebrity culture, like of what a celebrity is. I would love to have Rihanna. Obviously, we want like Chrissy Teigen and the Kardashians on. I don't know. There's so many. There's so many people. We need people that are just willing to kind of go there and be fun and not take themselves too seriously. And I feel like that's what makes the best kind of guest. You guys know. Well, you maybe you topped our list today. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank, thank you, you for being on. Thank, thank you, you so thank you much. For having thank us. You. Yeah, this is really cool. Thank you so much for having us. We love it. All right, so I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening. 